got to tell you, this, this is a sermon I was not excited about preaching. Uh, and I, I actually prayed, I don't remember doing this before, but I actually prayed several times early in the week, Lord, help me because I'm not excited about this. And unbelievably, uh, by the end of the week, I am so fired up to preach this. And here's, here's why. Uh, it's, it's a sermon about tithe. And it's a biblical concept uh, but when I put something out to Facebook, you know, Facebook has so many great usages. I just said, hey, give me, give me your testimonies on the tithe. And as the testimonies poured in and I started reading about the blessing in people's lives and I started reading about people who started tithing because I preached it a long time ago and they were thanking me, by the end I thought, I can't afford not to tell these guys. They're not going to get the blessing if I don't tell them what the Lord has as his concept. So I'm, I'm calling this sermon, Trusting God Enough to Tithe. Because if you don't, there's a little bit of a lack of trust going on. I mean, that's, that's inherent in this statement. I heard this story about uh, a farmer who said, Honey, our cow gave birth to two calves. There's a red one and a white one, and we're gonna give one of those to God. She said, Which one? He said, I don't know yet. <clears throat> but a couple weeks later, the red one died and he went in the house and he said, honey, you won't believe this, God's cow died today. <laughs> it seems like we're always so well-intentioned. I don't think there's very many people who don't want to give massively to God's kingdom. There's not very many who love him that don't want to. And yet we find ourselves having tremendous difficulty. Uh, I, I, I know that some people don't like it when you talk about money. It's so personal. But one of the things that you're going to have to reconcile if you don't like that is, is how much Jesus talked about it way more than I do. Listen to this. The Bible contains more than 500 references to prayer and almost 500 references to faith. But there are more than 2,000 references to money and possessions. Out of the 38 parables that Jesus told in the Gospels, 16 deal with how we handle our money. Jesus said more about money and possessions than he did about heaven and hell combined. One out of every 10 verses in the Gospels deals with money or possessions, 288 verses in the four Gospels. Why did Jesus talk so much about money? Well, because he knew that it was one of the greatest obstacles to people allowing him to prove to them that he is their provider. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we need you. The enemy wants to take a message like this and, and, uh, and, and make people resent it. But Lord, you've come to set people free because that's what your truth does. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will do a great and mighty work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I, I, I want to tell you that I am a, I, I am a tither. Uh, um, my dad taught me to tithe from the time I was a little guy. I just want to throw this in. Teach your children to tithe, and they'll carry it with them the rest of their lives. Uh, a dime a week, is, is, is that, that's, that's the thing that blesses me most, if I'll see a coin in there from a kid, because I know what's going on, and how the Lord's going to bless, bless their lives. Let them use an envelope, 12-cent envelope, 10-cent, no problem. You go ahead, let them use it, because God is going to bless that child as they, as they learn. But I, I tithe, I give beyond that with the missions pledge, I give to special offerings, and it's not just me, it's many who do this. But I just want you to know this. You couldn't get me not to tithe. You just couldn't. If I had a dollar, I would tithe a dime. If I had a, a million dollars worth of bills, I would tithe first to God. You say, well, that's not integrable. Yes, it is because God doesn't call the tithe an offering. 
When he says you've robbed me of the tithe, then what comes after that and the offering? The tithe is our indebtedness to God for his goodness, his love, his mercy. And it's the way we show him that we know he's in charge and he takes care of us. I would tithe no matter what. I'd tell the single woman who had nothing to tithe. I'd tell the church that was going down the tubes, tithe, make sure you're tithing and, 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 and giving away. So I just want you to know how strongly personally that I feel about it for myself, not just for others. But here's three thoughts I have about trusting God in this. Number one, I trust that when I tithe, God's church will thrive. So there's a trust that's happening there. Malachi 3.10, and this comes from a passage that's used most about tithing. When it's spoken of, it says, bring all the tithes. By the way, tithe in the Hebrew means 10%. Not, you can't 2%, 10%, right? So tithing, you're not tithing until it's 10%, because that's what the word means. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. So the storehouse was the place where they gathered the grain and the place that people were fed from. It mentions that there and it mentions the temple, food in my temple. And Jesus uh, sanctioned the tithe as well, but what I want you to know is that the tithe spoken of in the Bible was for the local church, the local body that meets your needs and takes care of uh, of, of your needs spiritually and where you get the preaching and the teaching and where your kids get ministered to and everything that's happening. The Bible makes it clear in this passage that it's the local storehouse. Some people say, well, Jesus never said anything about tithe. He actually did. We, we kind of gloss over it. You know, I have a mentor that said to me once, if you want a really strong doctrine, then, then you need these things, three things. You need it said in the Old Testament where it's given evidence there. You need clarity on it in the New Testament. And then the third thing is if Jesus said it, you got a really solid doctrine. Old Testament, New Testament, and then Jesus said it. Well, we, we look at the other portions of this passage, but we skip over the fact that though Jesus was talking about, as one version says in Matthew 23, 23, the weightier matters of the law, he did say this in that passage, you should tithe, yes. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. And then he went on to say, don't leave... Uh, undone the more important things, that there are other things too that are, that, are, that are very important. But Jesus said you should tithe, yes. And there are people who say, well, in the Old Testament there were three tithes and it's not the same and you're trying to tie it in. And I just want to give a general statement about that. Uh, it, it is a pretty solid uh, principle in the Bible that through time God always talked to people about giving 10%. And um, we know historically, if we look in the New Testament, not in the Bible, but if you look in the history books, that for the first several hundred years that after uh, Jesus was gone, the church tithed and the leaders spoke of the tithe as if it was something that everyone should do. So they had a sense of it in that culture of tithe, but it carried on with the church as well. But what I want you to know is generally 10% is definitely there, no less than that. That would be the minimum. And people say, well, in the New Testament, there's not as much evidence. Well, here's the evidence in the New Testament that because Jesus has come and because the Lord has given his son, we ought to be even more generous. That's the principle. So it's not that we should be less generous because God's given us more. It's that we need to understand that generosity can flow from us and we're not gonna lose anything. But here's, here's the evidence of, of God and, and taking care of the church and the ministry. Haggai 1.9, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why declares the Lord Almighty? That would be take-home pay. What you brought home, I blew away, uh, declares the Lord, because of my house which remains a ruin which, which, while each of you is busy with his own house. And he's saying, you're, you're taking care of your house, but you're not taking care of mine there. Nehemiah 12, 44. On that day, men were appointed to be in charge 
of the storerooms for the gifts, the parts of the harvest, and the tithes. They were responsible to collect these from the fields and required by the law for the priests and Levites, for all the people of Judah valued the priest and the Levites in their work. So there we see that the tithe is given to take care of the ministry and the ministers, the ministries. And we see in the New Testament that God says that's worthy as well. This is, God's a better businessman than anybody who sits here and anybody you've ever known. And so when he figures, uh, he, he, he just sets things up that are right and good. So since he's so good, he knows how to finance his work. And here's what he said. This is what I want for my children and my people so that my work can go forward. And so that I can show that I'm bigger than their finances and I'll more than replace this, not just with money, but with many blessings in their lives. But here it is in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 9.13, talking about taking care of God's servants. Don't you know that those who work in the temple get their meals from the food brought to the temple as offerings, and those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings? And this was in that day. In the same way, now he's talking about this New Testament era, the Lord gave orders that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. So, the ministers are supported by the tithe. And the ministries of the church are supported by the tithe. Uh, you know, in, in Seoul, Korea, I went to, to uh, Paul Yonggi Cho's church there. It was running a meager 800,000 at the time, I think, in attendance. <laughs> They post the, the tithe weekly on the walls outside in the lobby. You talk about serious business. We're not going to do that, I promise. Yeah, I, as a matter of fact, I never look at the tithe. I, I, I just, I don't want to see anybody any differently. That's between you and the Lord. The only time I'll ask for it is if someone is serving in a key leadership position. And I won't look, but I'll ask Randy, who takes care of our finance, to make sure that they tithe. And if, they, if, they, if they're rising to a key leadership position, I'm nervous if they don't tithe. I don't like it. I want leaders who understand these principles. Um, and, and, and through the years, it's proven that their testimonies will bless others to know these things as well. But our children's ministry, the youth ministry, the college ministry, the singles, the small groups, the worship, everything that happens in this community, we can do more because of the tithe. It was God's plan. Years ago, I heard an illustration that I sure enjoyed by a preacher named Vic Tremor. It was a Speed the Light um, meeting. Speed the Light is, uh, is missions for giving uh, to vehicles and transportation. And this old preacher who was retired at the time told a story about being on staff at Capital Christian Center in Sacramento. And he said that there was uh, a tremendous band there, tremendous choir, tremendous music, church of thousands, and uh, he said, in the band was a developmentally challenged young man. And he would get up there, and he'd start to play that trumpet, and he thought, wow, this kid, you know, he can barely communicate with people, and there he is up there, just, he, he must be one of those, uh, those who have, have you ever heard of this, savant syndrome, which is developmentally challenged, but you have great gifts in a certain area that's beyond other people. He thought, he must be one of those savant guys. So he went up to the music pastor afterwards, and he just needed to know the story. And he said, uh, hey, uh, that, I see that guy up there. He, he must be a savant, huh? He, he, he must really have a great gift. I never would have guessed it. And the, and the music pastor said, actually not, no. They said, um, we, he, he can't play a lick. He, he just gets up there and he's not even playing. We've told him not to blow on it, but he wants to do it. So he just sits up there and he acts like he's playing, but he's not actually playing. And then Vic turned it, and he said to, to churches that were giving to Speed the Light, he said, 
Now, some of you, you come here, you participate, you're, you're taking advantage of all these things that are coming through, through the district and through the churches, and, and, and you look just like everybody else, but the truth is, you're not really blowing your instrument. You're not really participating. You just act like you are. And he said, now, I'm not saying you're retarded, but I am saying you're a little slow. Those were Vic's words in, in that setting. Well, what I would like you to know is somebody beside you, if you don't tithe, and I don't know who you'd be, right, because I don't look, somebody's paying for your kids' ministry. Somebody's paying to make sure that the lights are on. And, 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 I, and I almost wish you knew who they were so you could thank them for helping carry you and your family in this season when you're trying to figure these things out and decide, Lord, can I trust you enough for these things? The church, its ministries are all supported by the tithe and, and even beyond the church. God's plan was that his church be funded by every Christian giving at least a tithe of their income. New churches would be established if we did this at a much greater rate. The starving would be fed at a greater rate. The cold would be dressed warmly. The oppressed would be cared for in a greater way. The homeless would be sheltered. Orphans would be nurtured. Every person on the earth would be presented the gospel if all of God's church tithe. That's the truth. I like what R.T. Kendall, a pastor, said. Tithing is the solution no one talks about. If every Christian tithe, every congregation would be free of financial worries and could begin truly to be the salt of the earth. If every Christian would tithe, the church would begin to make an impact on the world that would change it. The church instead is paralyzed. So those Facebook um, testimonies, I'm going to sprinkle them all through here. So you can hear them. These are people from our church or people who've been to our church or know us. But here's one of them, and it fits with this first point well. Someone on Facebook, and I'm going to make them all uh, anonymous, um, said, been tithing to Horizon for about 15 years, and not only have we been blessed, it makes us feel good knowing that the money goes to helping you help others. I like that because they get it. We're helping people. We're reaching people. We're ministering to people. And when you tithe, you trust that God's church is going to do a great work for him and you get to be a part of it. Second point today, I trust that I'll secure God's blessing when I tithe. See, there's the fear. We think we're actually losing it when we give it away. And you can't know you're not losing it until you give it and get blessed by it. And it's one of the ways he proves his, his lordship in our lives. Matthew or rather, Malachi 3.10, let's pick it up because we talked about one of those verses in the first point. He says, if you do, and it's talking about tithing, if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. Okay, so this is God's word, if you believe it's God's word. And this is God speaking to his children, the same God that's the the Bible says it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he says about the tithe, try it. Let me prove it to you. Another version that's uh, been used through the years, he says, test me in this. Nowhere else in the Bible does God ask his children to try him or test him. This is the only spot in the Bible where he says, test me. So here's the question. Is God trustworthy? Will he do what he says? He says, try it and let me prove it to you. So here's another Facebook testimony that came from someone in our fellowship, and they entitled it, Giving When We Had Nothing. Here's their story. 
When we got married, we had $30,000 in credit card debt. As sad as that is, it's not that unusual in our culture. We moved to Oregon for my husband to take a job, and soon we started attending the church while you were smack dab in the middle of the Catch the Dream campaign. Within a month, we found ourselves filling out a pledge card to give $5,000. We heard testimonies of people selling their cars or donating their inheritance to people uh, or inheritance to help with the building fund. We had no possessions to sell. We owned one old model used car. We rented a one-bedroom apartment that we had sparsely furnished. And likely it was the Holy Spirit moving our hearts to give and, and giving that opportunity to unlock the door to financial blessing for us. And while we slowly plowed through that pledge amount, it's talking about the $5,000, we also tithed. And then we committed to giving to missions. Fast forward to two and a half years later, we not only paid off the, money, the, the amount of the pledge to the campaign, but had almost paid off all the credit card debt. We acquired a new second car and moved to a, a two-bedroom rental. And soon after, I felt God saying to me, this is what she, this woman felt God said to her, you helped me build my house, now I'm going to help you build yours. And she went on to give testimony of how God helped them get in their new home. And you say, you know, this is that prosperity thing. No, it's not. I, I, I don't, I don't want to make it about um, uh, just money. Because God's blessings are so much bigger than money. Riches are the very least of God's blessings. Rich people who've lost everything uh, when it comes to relationship and family would give testimony to that. It's the least of his blessing. But this is what he said. I'll pour open the floodgates of heaven, test me and see. This is not me saying this. This is someone in our fellowship telling me this is what happened for me when I did it. So we're just giving testimony to that. Here's another one. Facebook testimony from someone in our church that they just gave these this week to me. After my wife and I decided that Horizon was going to be our church, we started tithing. It was the first time I'd ever tithed. Wow, talk about sticker shock. This guy's real. (laughs) Up until then, I'd never really thought about what 10% of my income was. I was concerned that we couldn't afford it. I asked my wife if we could do less than 10%. She said, no, it's not a tithe if it's less than 10%. Well, we've been tithing faithfully ever since and never missed, not once. In fact, many times there seems to be extra when we need it. I've survived reorgs and layoffs, and my wife is able to be a stay-at-home mom. Before my life at Horizon, I would have never thought the life I live today would be possible. God is good. And then his wife chimed in with this right behind him. To add to my, what my husband said, we are blessed with the covering in every aspect of our lives and we're living life so blessed and richly. We have all of our needs met, great friends, food, shelter, entertainment, and can even assist to meet others' needs. God's timing had been unbelievable for our finances. We could not have put this life together by ourselves. These are just testimonies from people here in this body. One lady, she doesn't go to church here, but I know her when she was just a young girl. She said, when we were youth pastoring at our first church making $1,100 a month, our rent was $550. We didn't have enough to tithe and pay our bills, but we tithed anyway that week. And that same week, a check came in the mail, the same amount for our car insurance, exactly what we were short. God is always faithful. And I wanted to give testimony to specifics, not generalities. You know, that's why I threw that one in there. Do we think God is untrustworthy? Will he not do what he, what he says? 
Do we trust him to keep the promises that he puts here? Luke 6, 38. If you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, and running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be measured, it will be used rather, to measure what is given back to you. Let me read that last part again. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. That's, that's the Lord talking to us through his word. There's a, I, I, I hate to say who, you know, who my favorites are. Um, but when people die in this church, they get, I, I have permission to say that they were my favorites, all right? And, and there was a, a woman who went to church here for a number of years named Bernie Hillier. And I just loved her. She was so sweet. Uh, she, she gave me a kiss every week I saw her. And uh, she always had a smile and encouragement. And when she got saved, it was because she saw her son-in-law come to Jesus, who was a, a, a rascal, let's just say that. And his life changed. And I remember her standing in our church and giving testimony. She said, I had been a nurse all my life, and I'd seen people born, but I'd never seen people born again. She said, I saw my son-in-law born again, and that's why she came to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? So Bernie uh, gave the widow's mite, a single woman living with her daughter in her 80s. When we did our Catch the Dream campaign, she gave $5,130. Now, I went back and looked at my tithing sermons through the years as I was putting this together, and this is how I would not have remembered these specifics, but I'd written them down then when she was alive. And this is a story I told when she was in the church then, several years ago. She gave $5,130 to Catch the Dream, and she told me, Pastor, I don't know if I'm going to make it to see that new building, but I'm so excited to give, and I know it's going to be built. And this is what I said to her. This is what I had in my notes those many years ago. I said, Bernie, you're not only going to get to see it here, but you're going to get to see it in heaven. You'll see a reward that's laid up for you when you get there. You'll get to meet people on the streets of gold who say, thanks for giving to catch the dream. I came to Jesus in that church site that you helped build. And then you'll give them a holy hug, and you'll follow by saying, hallelujah, that's the best $5,000 I ever invested in my life. Bernie did see it. She came in here in that first year and then she died. And she's realized both of those things. I don't know if I knew that it was prophetic at the time, but she made it here. And now she's really glad she gave it. I, I've said before, usually around missions, but it's really around all giving. You won't be in heaven five minutes before you thank God that Pastor Stan encouraged you to give to those things that are eternal. Today might be kind of rough, but, but, but if, if, if you give, you won't be in heaven five minutes before you thank God that I encouraged you to do it. Matthew 16, 19 says this, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and, and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures up in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Another Facebook testimony. I threw this one in because often there's, there's one person in the marriage that's for tithing and one who's against it. <laughs> or one who can't really bring themselves to get it done. So this one came through. This lady talked about the unique scenario where her husband was encouraging her to pay tithe on her salary, but he wasn't paying it on his. 
She said, one day God said to her, ask your husband when the last time was that he paid tithe out of the money he earns. So I texted him. It's a, it's a younger family. I texted him and I challenged him to lead our home by tithing his income as well. I told him to give it three months and we'll see what happens. And then she has in quotes, oh sweet Jesus, you are a funny one. <laughs> she said, We've, our business has been full ever since. We even have people on a waiting list stand by. We've been able to pay off all of our bills. And she says this, tithing works. God increased our income by close to 75%. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm just giving you a testimony of what's being said here, right, of, 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 of someone else. So Malachi 3.10, try it. These are God's words. Try it. Let me prove it to you. Now, since she did that, this, she didn't... Uh, she may not remember this, but there have been times that I've said, and I'm going to say it today, you try this for three months, and if it doesn't work, we'll give you every penny back. All you have to do is email me, and I'll make sure you get every penny back. Now, you say, well, is that real trust and faith? Well, let, let me just prime the pump a little bit. You get rolling, and if it doesn't work, all it'll be is savings for you, but I think by the time you get to that, you'll say, oh, my word, I never knew it. He's got me. He's in charge of everything. He's given me more in so many ways and that's why I can have the confidence to say it but I assure you that we'll give it back to you if you say that it didn't work. Third thought. I don't think I could have preached this with as much conviction if the Lord hadn't touched me so deeply because remember, I didn't even want to say this stuff today. I'm fired up! Here we go, okay. <laughs> Three. I trust, I feel like Donnie Moore. What happened to me? <laughs> I'm going to bench press that. I'm going I'm to tear a pamphlet in half in just a minute. <clears throat> I'm not as quite a great a man of faith as he is or strength. I trust, this is the third thing, that I'll have God's covering for my finances. So blessing is different than covering, right? Covering is a blessing, but it's a unique, specific aspect. Listen to what it says in Malachi 3. Here it is. Just giving more evidence of what God says he'll do. These are his words to us. Your crops will be abundant. For I will guard, there's the covering, them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not shrivel before they are ripe, says the Lord Almighty. So what are the insects? Uh, what are the disease? What are the things that could ruin crops for us? Uh, well, let's, let's make it real and bring it into today. It's the economy. It's competitors. That would steal business away. It's a lack of business. It's a broken down vehicle, computers that aren't working, networks that fall apart. All these things and many other things are the equivalent of what the Bible speaks of there as insects and disease. I'll prevent them from devouring you. So here's one, and I, I really debated whether I would share this because it has a negative aspect to it. Um, and I'm not going to share it all, but I'm sharing a portion of it because it gives such evidence, it lends credence to what this says right here in this passage. This woman says, Pastor Stan, when my husband and I, this is a Facebook post again this week, when my husband and I were new believers, you taught on the biblical truth and blessing of tithing. We did not know until then the importance of tithing as part of our relationship with God. We began tithing right away, even though we were struggling financially. And God honored our obedience and kept his promise that comes with tithing. And our business began to prosper beyond our imagination. Eventually, the decision was made to discontinue tithing on our business revenue and only tithe on a salary. 
And here's what she says. The Lord spoke to my heart. I wouldn't say this, but the Lord spoke to her heart at that moment and told me that we're going to lose the business based on that decision. That did not happen immediately. However, that is when the decline began in our business and in our marriage. My heart tells me it is also so important to give testimony to the opposite devastating consequences of deliberately choosing disobedience when you know better. A lot of people don't know better. I encourage you, here's what she says to me, I encourage you to speak boldly and courageously about the blessing of tithing. It is a loving, beautiful part of our relationship with God. To not share it with the body of believers in Christ with loving truth robs them of experiencing all the fullness of what God has intended from the very beginning. That's a heavy one. Another Facebook post. Ha! That's how it starts. I call tithing my insurance. We've always tithed and God has always been faithful in his provision. Can't beat that. I would fear not to. It's a command. Don't want to have pockets with holes in them. Short post there. So I, I just want to put something up here because you say, I have debt. Well, I, again, this is in your notes, I, I, uh, um, I believe. Uh, but, but, but remember, you can go back and stream this, and, and you can pick this up on podcast to take a look at this again if you can't get this down quick. But how do you get rid of debt? I want, I want to just give you a quick outline. The first thing is start to tithe. God's blessing and covering comes over our finances then. Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The second thing, or B, consolidate your debt under the lowest interest rate possible. C, begin to pay it back at the highest monthly amount possible. D, reduce your monthly bills. Smaller house, older car, don't eat out as much, don't purchase extravagant items. E, build a personal budget with the help of someone who's very good at managing money in a godly way. And then I I leave a book there that I would recommend, Your Money Counts, and it's a great ministry called Crown Financial. And it, it, so if you're sitting here thinking, man, I'd like to, how? There's a great plan in that book that I just outlined for you that I think will be dynamic and you'll see changes. Just like that couple who had $30,000 of credit card debt, they, they made a move towards God and, 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 and they became responsible stewards in every area and God blessed their lives. It's true that you could tithe and be completely reckless with your finances and it, and and. It wouldn't work for, not because God wouldn't do it, but because you're breaking other principles that are his, integrity and stewardship. But when, you, when, you're, when you're honest with your finances and you begin to tithe and you say, God, help me, he shows up in a major way. So, so at the end of all this, if somehow you don't believe that God will do it, I just want to say to you that I, I know it's hard. I know it's hard to, to jump in. I, I don't know from personal experience because my parents had me tithe when I was a little guy. But I do know from, the, from what I've heard from others that it's, it is just so difficult for them to take this step. But I, I, I want you to know that I believe you should take it because it's, it's going to make everything better. When my son Aaron was about 18 months old, many years ago, he had some sort of... Um, infection and and we had to take him in to get a shot and for some reason Karen was working in, in Newburgh I was in Salem at the time she couldn't she couldn't be at the appointment so I, I was there at the appointment with with my boy and and um, the doctor came in and said we're gonna have to give him a shot and 
So Aaron and I, we're buds, right? I mean, 18 months old. I, I love that age, man, of children. Little fat cheek right there, little croissant arms and legs, you know. I mean, just, just sweet, fun, cute. I mean, I just love that age. And Aaron and I were buds. The doctor comes in with this huge needle. So big that I could see the end of the needle. I could see the hole in it from across the room. So he comes in with this needle, this sharp thing, and he starts heading towards my son. Well, Aaron's only 18 months old, but he's pretty smart, you know, for that age. So when the guy comes with the needle, he starts squirming and he starts screaming. And the doctor's trying to hold him down and Aaron's just flipping out and turning over and the doctor says, can you hold him down for me? And I felt like saying, no, I will not hold him down for you. You're getting paid a lot of money to hold him down today. I go home with him, all right? But I thought, let's get this over with. So I remember that it made me sad, excuse me, when I put pressure on him and held him. And these are the words I said to Aaron as the doctor was giving him this shot. And when that needle went in, it was, ah, right? I said, Aaron, I know it hurts. I know it hurts him, but you're going to have to trust Daddy. It's going to help you. It's going to make things better. Trust me. So there's a few people today when I say this thing about tithing, I just want to say, I know it hurts. I know it's difficult. But I believe you have the Heavenly Father who says in heaven, trust me. Just trust me. It's going to make it better. Proverbs 3.9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Not the end of the month, but the beginning. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. 